0: In the Bible, if you read it, we're promised blessing from God. We're, we're promised to be blessed. There's from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation, there's blessing. You can't read Genesis without without coming away with that God... Uh, stepped in and, and, and met with people. He met with Abraham. He met with Isaac. He met with Jacob. Why? Because he wanted to bless them, and he wanted to bless all the families of the earth through them, or through the covenant that he, wanted, that he brought to them. Amen? And all the way to the end of the book, the end of the last book, Revelation. There's even a promise in the book of Revelation for those that read it and keep it, that they would be blessed. And blessings fill the book from cover to cover in between. If we trust in the Lord, the proverb says that we would be blessed. If we obey God's commands, according to Deuteronomy 28, the word of the Lord is that we would be blessed in the land in which that he has brought us into. If we honor our mother and father, we will be blessed with long life. I'm here to tell you, I'm here to testify, that every one of these promises are true. All of his promises are yes and Amen? Amen. But the promise of God is even much bigger than that, than just these principles. God blesses us just simply because he loves us, because we're his kids, because we're his sons and his daughters, just like you would an earthly mother, an earthly father, that you would bless your children just because you want to, because you want to bless them. And God is the same way. He's a good, good father. The blessing of God is bigger than just today. It's bigger than even just your life as you sit here tonight and maybe, maybe you're going through something and you're thinking about what's going on in your life. But I want to I wanna cause you to think maybe outside of that for a second and realize that the blessing that God's bringing into your life is bigger than just you. And that that needs to be passed on to those around you. It needs to be passed on to your children and and to those around you in your family. The blessing of God is for today, for future generations, and for eternity. It will reach to our descendants. This past week, I was on the wild adventure of driving across this country as I said, from sea to shining sea <laughs> with my two sons, my firstborn and my second born, Trey and Jacob. And we were driving across the country to California. Now we set out last Sunday, about 11.30. We thought we were gonna get up and get rolling at six. <laughs> By the time we left, it was 11.30. But you know, we made it to Lafayette, Louisiana on the 10, I-10, Interstate 10. And the next morning, the next day, we drove from Lafayette into the state of Texas in the first part of the morning. And we then proceeded to spend the rest of the day driving across the state of Texas, Texas is huge. I mean, I've always been told it's huge, and I've been to Texas. I've been to cities. I've been to Dallas and Austin and El Paso, even, Ellie. But last Monday, I drove across that thing, and it is big. I 10 in Texas. You come into Texas on the east, coming out of Louisiana. Right. And you come into Texas and you come to the first mile marker that you see, because, you know, when you're on a road and you come into a new state, then you see the mile marker. And that tells you how many miles it is until you get out of that state. And wouldn't you know that that mile marker that you first see when you come into the state of Texas, 880, (laughs) it's the highest mile marker in the nation. (laughs) <laughs> there's no other number, there's no other mile marker. You know, we have zero right down here in, in, uh, in uh, Key, Key West, 880, Texas. Um, and so, wow, it was incredible. We finished the day by making it out of Texas. Our goal was to, to go across Texas in one day, just so we could always say that we did that. And, you know, because when you do these things, you get these opportunities, you might we only have one chance. so You got to like, OK, I drove across the, the widest part of Texas and I did it in one day. OK, so no one no one can ever take that away from me. <laughs> and we made it to El Paso and into the state of New Mexico. We stayed that night in Las Cruces, New Mexico. And then on day three, we made it from New Mexico and then on into Arizona and into California, and all the way to the sand of Huntington Beach, California. We left on Sunday at 11.30, and we were at the Huntington Beach Pier at sunset by Tuesday night at 8 p.m., and I could always say that, that I drove across the country in three days, okay, so that it can be done. You can do it in three days. Actually, you could do it quicker than that if you don't stop. I then got my boys all set up in a guy's ministry house where they're going to be staying there in in Southern California while they're attending the worship school at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. And, you know, we got them all moved in that next morning. And part of us moving them in was, you know, many of you know, and if you don't know, I, I, I own my own mattress store. And so when I knew that they needed to you know, be, be in this house out there, and I thought, well, maybe you know, they might have some mattresses in there. But I'm going to get them some really good mattresses, because I know a guy that can get, get them a good deal <laughs> on a couple of mattresses. And so, so I, I had bought them in advance a couple of mattresses, and we put those in the trailer with all their band equipment and their guitars and drums and all that stuff. And so I also did, accomplished another thing. I made, I made, now it's an official, it's in the books, The longest mattress delivery, (laughs) okay, 2,550 miles, okay. The furthest one that I had done before that was, I think I had made one to Boca from my shop here in Melbourne, which was, that was a long way. But now, 2550, and I don't know that that will ever be (laughs) be topped unless somebody, unless I meet somebody that wants like 100 mattresses in like Seattle or something. (laughs) I've even got a picture of the uh, of the delivery. I have to show you this, right? Yeah. So this. <laughs> okay. So we have to we have to document this stuff, amen. This is history. This is history. And uh, go ahead and show them the next one. We'll roll through this. This is the. This is the. Yeah. This is me on my longest delivery ever, and uh, just carrying the the mattress in there for them. and uh, and so, I did all this. I did all this that I've talked about so far. I did all of it to bless my sons. Because I love them. And there's really not anything that I wouldn't do for them. There's nothing that I wouldn't, if I had it, there's nothing that I wouldn't give them and bless them with. And I I did all of that to send them out with my favor, with my blessing, and the blessing of the Lord. And so then just last night, I, I had, um, they, they took me to the airport uh, in Los Angeles and dropped me off, but right before there, we snapped a quick pic on the Manhattan Beach Pier, and there I am with my two sons. Tonight in our study, we will see how Jacob blesses Joseph's two sons, two sons, Jacob is a part of the promise and covenant of God, and he has received that promise from the Lord. And now he's passing on that blessing. It's come to that point in his life where now he's passing on that blessing. And he's going to do it in this chapter as we look at it. He's going to to pass that blessing on to really what are his grandsons, right? They're Joseph's sons, but he's going to bless them as his own sons. And so this is the the blessing of the two sons. In tonight's study, we will see how we are blessed by the Lord, that we've been, one, adopted into the family of God, two, we've been given the grace of God, and three, we are favored by the Lord, we're favored by the Father. So if you're taking notes tonight, how are you blessed tonight? Well, first, you're blessed because you've been adopted into God's family. Let's pick it up in Genesis 48. Let's begin to read at verse 1. It says this, Now it came to pass after these things that Joseph was told, Indeed, your father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And Jacob was told, Look, your son Joseph is coming to you. And Israel strengthened himself and sat up on the bed. And then Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan, and he blessed me. And he said to me, Behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply you, and I will make of you a multitude of people, and give this land to your descendants after you as an everlasting possession. And now your two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt. Are mine, As Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. Your offspring, whom you beget after them, shall be yours, and they will be called by the name of their brothers in their inheritance. But as for me, when I came from Paddan, Rachel died beside me in the land of Canaan on the way when, we, when there was a little distance to go to Ephrath, and I buried her there on the way to Ephrath, that is, Bethlehem. We've been adopted into the family of God. Joseph was told here in our text that Jacob was sick. Jacob, his father, was sick. And, of course, we've been talking in the last couple weeks, we've been talking about this reunion. Of course, Jacob's father, or Jacob, uh, thought that Joseph was was killed, right? And then all these years later, uh, it, 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 it comes to him, it's been revealed to him that that uh, that his son is alive, that he's been elevated to the the second-in-command of all of Egypt, and that God had a purpose in this, that God did this, he arranged this, he elevated Joseph to this place for the salvation of his family, for the salvation and the continuance of the promise, the covenant that that God had made. And so Joseph took his two boys that God had given him in the land of Egypt, and their names were Manasseh and Ephraim. Jacob then hears that Joseph is coming and so what does he do he strengthens himself the NIV puts it this way he rallied his strength and sat up on the bed at this point you almost get the picture that that was an accomplishment for Jacob i mean he was getting along in years and perhaps he was spending most of his days just kind of just in that kind of restful mode uh, in his bed. But on this occasion, he hears that Joseph is coming with his two boys and he rallied his strength and he sat up on the bed. And then he delivers to Joseph and he reminds Joseph of the blessing of God. And, and we, if we look at what, Joseph, what Jacob tells Joseph, we can look at, you know, a little bit of what the, of the blessing of God is in our own life. Jacob told Joseph, how almighty God had appeared to him at Luz. You remember when he went out to Luz and there he uh, rested and God showed up. Um, You know, God showed up, God appeared to the patriarchs. If you look through Genesis, and this is one of the important reasons why we go through the scriptures so that we can take note of these things, that God appeared to Abraham and he called him and he made a covenant with him and he appeared to Isaac and he and he repeated the covenant to Isaac and he also appeared to Jacob and he repeated the covenant to Jacob and on this particular occasion God showed up to him and and he promised him the blessing of an immu- of of of, of, a, of a of a innumerable people that that all these people would come from him that there would be a great nation Um, and that that he would receive the land, that he would receive the land that his people would receive the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession. Jacob was talking about how God had promised a blessing. God had promised that Jacob would increase and multiply and that he would give him the land of Canaan. And you know what? God has given you blessing, amen? He has pronounced blessing over you. You just, you know, sometimes you need to read. That's why it's a good, it's a good reason to be in the scriptures, you know, to be in the scriptures and, and, and be reminded of those, those places where God has blessed you and where God says you're blessed, you're blessed. You know, it's not, it's not just a cute, uh, you know, conference slogan, you know, it's not a cute bumper sticker, I'm blessed, or a t-shirt. It's, it's, it's the reality, it's the, it's the state of being for the person who's come face to face with the living God and who's come into the family of God, amen? You cannot not be blessed after having these things happen to you. And, and we've gotta realize that. Now Jacob knew that he was going to die and he knows that he won't see the fulfillment of the promise, but he still has faith in the God who did promise him those things. I'm going, to, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to give you this land. I'm going to give the land to you as an inheritance, as an everlasting inheritance to your seed, Jacob. And so Jacob has faith for that. And we, we need to have the same faith that Jacob had. We need to follow, you know, when you read through the hall of faith, you read through those things that they did, those things and how they believed God And and it was credited to them as as righteousness. Why? Because they trusted God. Because they were loyal to God. They trusted God. They believed upon his word. They believed upon his promise. Even to the point where Jacob is now saying, hey, look, I'm probably not going to see this happen. I'm not going to be here. But somebody from me is going to be here to see it. And so I need to pass that blessing upon to that next generation. I need to make sure that it passes through so, so that they receive it. Because this thing is, a, we've talked about it as we've gone through Genesis. God is the God of the generations. And, and so God has is, is blessed you. Maybe he blessed your, your parents or your grandparents. You may be even here tonight. You may be even a Christian because of a relative further up your lineage. And that's why you're even here. Why, why are you here? Because grandpa trusted God. Or because dad did. Or mom did. Or grandma. Somebody did. And you're here because of that. And that's been passed through to you, that blessing of following God, of trusting God and believing him. And so we need to to be reminded of that. Jacob then tells Joseph that the two boys that were born to him in Egypt will be counted as his. In other words, Manasseh and Ephraim would be counted as Jacob's own sons. They would, they would be just as much Jacob's sons as Reuben and Simeon. Reuben and Simeon were Jacob's first two sons. So he, he uses his first two sons as the example to, te- to, to, to tell Joseph, hey, they're, they're going to be just like my first two sons. Your two sons that were born to you here in Egypt, they're going to be as my two sons were to me when I had them, uh, uh, Reuben and Simeon. And so what happens is you say, now wait a second, because you, you grow up and you learn the Bible and you understand that, you know, there were, there was this idea of the 12 tribes of Israel, right? Now if, if Jacob takes these two boys, he's already had his 12 sons, and now he's going to take these two as his sons. Now wait a second, that's going to be, well, 12 plus 2 is 14. Now, what are we going to do with that? Well, if you're following along there, there was a passage where Jacob tell, told them in the blessing, he said, look, these guys are going to receive the inheritance with their fellow brothers. There were two tribes that didn't receive a, a specific inheritance in the land when they came in. One was Levi, the tribe of Levi, because they were the third, he was the third-born son, and they, that was the tribe that was selected to be the priesthood. Remember that? So Levi was selected to be the priesthood and then Joseph, his tribeship, if you want to say it that way, was passed down to these two sons. So Joseph does not inherit a specific inheritance in the land. That passes down to his two sons that are now counted as Jacob's sons. So then you, then you have... Twelve tribes inherit in, 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 receiving the inheritance of the land. And of course that happens in the book of Joshua when Joshua, Jesus, right? Joshua, y- y- Joshua, um, brings them across the river and and brings them into the promised land to receive their inheritance. So, so so God's blessing is going to happen. You need to walk in whatever blessing that, 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 that God has provided for you right now and also believe for the blessing that is going to continue and that you're going to pass on and that your kids are going to live in and that, their kid, that your kids are going to pass that on that same blessing on to their kids. Yes. And so look at it. Look at it from that standpoint, parents. Look at it and have those moments. A lot of times we don't... You know, we don't get a lot of times to have those serious moments with our kids. You know, those I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about, oh, let's gather together to have a quick devotion, quick prayer. I'm talking about those monumental moments like this one, where there's kind of this transference of blessing. There's this idea of the promise and the legacy of what God has done in you to be, to be passed forth and to be spoken over your kids. And, and, and you need to do that. You need to take the opportunity to do that, and it's very important. So these two sons, in that sense, you could say you know, that Jacob adopts, you know, that, he, that he receives them and makes them his sons, and he gives them an inheritance in the land. And when you look at the land, when you look at the, you do the study in Joshua, and, you know, when you look at the inheritance of Israel, and um, you look at the, how the land was allotted, it's like you have this, the state, you know, the, the borders of Israel, right, that they, that they took possession of, and then each tribe was given a, their own, like a county, Right? You know, so you had Judah County, you know, and you had Simeon County, and you had, you know, that's that's kind of a good way to look at it, right? And and you look at the the blessing that you look at the inheritance that Ephraim and, and Manasseh, you look at the you look at the inheritance that they received, and pretty sizable, pretty sizable inheritance. And so God's blessing flows down through the generations. Now Jacob recounts the events of of his wife Rachel's death. She died on the way to Ephrath, which is Bethlehem. And Joseph's sons, and then he, he talks about Joseph's sons, were then adopted as his own. And, and this is exactly what, we, what happens to us in Christ, that we're brought into the family. The, the, the New Testament teaches that we're adopted as sons, right? Paul put it this way in Ephesians chapter 1, He said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, you'll see it on the screen, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. What's that? what's that, what's, What's Paul saying? Well, first he's saying that you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Ding, 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 ding. You, you, forgot, you forgot you were blessed, Christian. <laughs> Ephesians 1, 3. He's blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. He goes on in, in Ephesians to talk about not only that, but we've been raised up to be seated with Christ. We've been, we've been literally seated in heavenly places with Christ in the finished work of Christ. Right. Amen? Yes. And, and so we've been blessed. Mm. We've been blessed. And this has all happened because of what God decided that he wanted to do in the world and in the earth that he wanted to call a people to his name that he would that he would bring people into his family that he would adopt them as sons that that we were predestined he predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself so there's this idea in scripture that we're adopted as sons but we're also born into the kingdom amen you know Jesus said unless you are born again you will not see the kingdom of heaven right? We're born into the kingdom. We're adopted as sons. We suddenly have this amazing blessing because we've been given the full rights of having become a son of God, a son of God. Now you say, well, come on, you know, tell me something really exciting. No, this is, this is exciting. You need to understand what it means to be a son of God. A son of God. And you've been given that blessing. In Roman law, when, it, when the adoption, when someone was adopted, the adoption was complete, it was, it, was, it was solidified. The person who had been adopted had all the rights of a legitimate son in his new family and completely lost all rights in his old family. In the eyes of the law, he was a new person so knew that, he was even, that even all of his debts and obligations connected with the previous family were abolished as if they had never existed. This was according to Roman law and according to God's law, he has completely severed you from the old man that is you he has brought you out of darkness into light. He has raised you from death to life. He's brought you into the kingdom. He's made you a son. He's seated you with him. He's raised you up and given you every blessing in the spiritual places, in, in, in every, with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, and you have received adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. And so it's, it's an incredible thing. And so so Be free. God has set you free. Jesus put it this way, and I think we sang it in the song, right? Who the Son sets free is free indeed. Have you been set free? Amen. Amen? Amen. Have you been set free? I mean, if if God has set you free, then you're free indeed. If you've been brought into the family, guess what? All the old debts are severed. That's That's right. Everything's severed. You you, you don't need to go back and and, and rehash that. Learn from the mistake. Learn from whatever it is. I'm not saying don't learn from your past, but I'm saying you, you have been severed from that, and you have been gifted. You have been blessed to move on with Christ and to move on into the abundance of what God wants to do in your life. Amen? That's awesome. This high position in the family of God gives us something in Jesus that Adam never had. When people ask us, ask the speculative question why God went ahead with the creation when he knew that it would be followed by the fall, one answer that we can tentatively give is that he destined us for a higher dignity that even creation would bestow on us in the sense that we have been brought back from the fall. We've been brought back from our fallen state to be brought into the kingdom, to be brought in, to be born as sons and daughters of God in the spirit. Amen? And it's an incredible thing. Not only have we been adopted as sons, but we've been given grace. Let's pick it up back in our text in Genesis 8. It says this, Then Israel saw Joseph's sons and said, Who are these? And Joseph said to the father, These are my sons, whom God has given me in this place. And he said, Please bring them to me, and I will bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim with age, so that he could not see. And then Joseph brought them near him, and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said to Joseph, I had not thought to see your face, but in fact God has also shown me your offspring. So Joseph brought them from beside his knees, and he bowed down with his face to the earth. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim with his right hand toward Israel's left hand, and Manasseh with his left hand toward Israel's right hand. And he brought them near him. And then Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand on Manasseh's head, guiding his hands knowingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom the fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who had fed me all, all my life long to this day, and the angel who had redeemed me from evil, bless these lads, let my name be upon them, and the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Now when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand on the head of Ephraim, it displeased him, and so that he took, uh, took hold of his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. And Joseph said to his father, Not so, my father, for the one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. But the father refused and said, I know, my son, I know. He also shall become a people and he also shall be great. But truly his younger brother shall be greater than he and his descendants shall become a multitude of nations. So he blessed him that day, saying, by you Israel will bless, by you Israel will bless, saying, may God make you as Ephraim and Manasseh. And thus he said, Ephraim before Manasseh. We're given grace. We're given grace. The thing is with grace, it's grace is, is receiving what you don't deserve, right? The difference between mercy and grace, and, and I'm sure you've been brought through this whole thing to understand mercy and grace. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve, right? Grace is getting what you don't deserve. And, and this passage shows us that we've been given grace. Why? Because he blesses the younger son. It's another instance, and we've seen this already through Scripture, where the secondborn, somehow, through the divine providence of God, the plan of God, receives the blessing that should have rightfully gone to that firstborn son. Israel embraces Joseph's sons. He kissed them. Um, the text tells us he could hardly see, but Jacob was overwhelmed with the, the moment. He, he he announces to Joseph, he said, look, I didn't even think I would see you again. And here I have you, and I have your sons to see. And he's, he's just kind of relishing in that moment. And it was a huge blessing to him, I, I would imagine. Now, Jacob is... Is, is blessing Joseph, he's blessing his two sons. And when Joseph presented his two sons to Jacob, the blessing was pronounced. And he reached out. Joseph kind of, you have to almost visualize this text. You almost have to see it kind of played out in front of you. Joseph brings the boys, and he brings Manasseh, you know, to... Jacob's right hand and he brings Ephraim to his left hand. And so now he's going to bless the the boys. And so the, the blessing of the firstborn would be, you know, that blessing of the, the right hand. Right? And and so the text tells us that he reaches across, and I would imagine if you if you kind of tried to, to choreograph what happens here, he He kind of crosses his hands, if you will, and instead of reaching down to Ephraim and giving him the blessing of that right hand, he crosses his hands, and he he lays his right hand on Ephraim. And he pronounces this blessing, and he talks about this incredible blessing that is going to be upon them. He says, God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who had fed me all the days days of my life um, to this day, and the angel had redeemed me from evil. Bless these lads. And so really what Jacob is doing is he's he's just kind of putting in the blessing, it's kind of like putting in context for Joseph and for the boys, you know, what his understanding of the blessing is. That it's not just kind of like, you know, we're just kind of great people, you know. We, you know, we have the right, you know, we're, we're Jews, we're, we're, we're this. We, we've got these particular, you know, genetics, you know. No, it's, it's because the Lord has specifically blessed. The Lord has brought the blessing into their family. He blessed Abraham and said his, his descendants would be blessed. He blessed Isaac and he blessed Jacob. He fed me all the days of my life. Jacob is now testifying that it was God who was there with me all along, taking care of me, feeding me. God has fed me. And that's a great testimony. It's a great testimony. You know, know, some families, you know, I don't know what your specific tradition is in terms of praying before a meal or giving thanks or whatever. you know, But as for me and my family, I mean, we, we give thanks. I mean, we, we might hurry up and take a bite, and go, oh, you know, let's pray, you know? And, and, and I don't think God's looking down, oh, well, you took a bite, you know, it's not blessed, and you know, you're, you, know you gotta start over, go back into the kitchen and do it over. No, it's okay, it's okay. It's, it's, it's not really about that. It's not really about doing something that's perfunctory, something that's just going through the motions and, oh, let's, let's say the grace, That's not what it's about. It's it's literally about acknowledging every day, bowing the head and saying, God, thank you, this is from you, and I know that it's from you, and I want to not only acknowledge it before you, but I want to acknowledge it and continue to acknowledge it in front of my family until they understand, until they understand that as far as it was for me, it was God who fed me all the days of my life. And that's one of the biggest principles you can learn as a believer, that God is your source. God is your source, and he's gonna take care of you. Amen? And the angel who redeemed me from all evil, the Lord Jesus, I mean, you know, you're reminded of that the passage that, you know, we, we studied where angel, he wrestled with the angel. I believe he, re- he literally wrestled with the Lord Jesus all night long until the Lord touched his hip and won the <laughs> won the round. I mean, he, he, he wrestled with the Lord and overcame, and he received a blessing. And we talked about it that night, about how we wrestle with the Lord. That living the life for the Lord Jesus Christ is kind of like a wrestling. Remember that night we talked about the wrestling match. Yeah. And, we, and remember, I went into that whole thing about rats, <laughs> and how and how rats kind of like are playful and they wrestle with each other. You know, and, and and they've actually done studies on this. And 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 the the bigger rats will actually kind of let the the littler rats kind of win a couple rounds. You know and 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 so and and that isn't that the way it is with the lord i mean here the lord is saying lord your name will no longer be jacob but israel for you have wrestled with god and overcome you've what you've wrestled with god and overcome no 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 i let you win around so that you would learn that walking with me in this life is, is going to be literally walking with me in that way that you're wrestling with me, that, we're, that, we're, that there's this thing going on, there's this relationship going on, that there's this father-son thing that happens, and, 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 and it's, it's something that needs to be taking place in your life. And, and, and so he acknowledges the angel who had redeemed him from all evil. He says, bless the lads, bless the boys, let my name be upon them, in the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into the multitude in the midst of the earth. Now back to the the the, the hand switch. So he, he crosses his hands and he blesses Ephraim. You have a couple places in Scripture where somehow the the younger, according to the the scripture, that the younger uh, the younger son, or the second-born son, found his way, found his place into receiving the blessing. Um, you, you saw it um, back with, uh, you know, with Jacob and Esau. You saw it with Jake, you know, Jacob in, in his own situation and that Jacob had received the blessing. And, and that there, are, there are a couple of other um, examples of that. And... What what it basically tells us is that, I I believe, is that here is the one that's not supposed to receive that right hand, that firstborn blessing, but then there's that occasion where God switches it up and says, no, I'm going to give it to the secondborn. Now, if you're a firstborn son, how many firstborn sons here? Raise your hand, firstborn sons. No one. All these men in the house, not one firstborn Dave, well, yeah, only only son. You count as a firstborn. You're the only son. You're it. Okay. Now then, this would def- definitely apply to you. All then. <laughs> this is going to resonate with you then. If you're not a firstborn son, you say, "Well, I'm not a firstborn son." In this culture, that'd be like, ah, you know, I didn't get. I didn't come out first, you know. He's going to get the blessing. He's going to get the grace. He's going to get the double portion, that right hand of the blessing. I think God kind of does a switcheroo three or four times in Scripture, and I think he does it because, you know what, he does it for all of us secondborn. I was secondborn, but I'm a firstborn son. But sometimes I feel like, you know, when you're the secondborn, you know, you're not the firstborn kid. So you don't have all that, you know, you know, all that birth order psychology, right? You know, your second born people can be a little bit more the, um, you know, the black sheep of the family, you know, the rebel, you know, without a cause, you know, why are you, why, why are you doing this? Well, I'm the second born, you know, just, I'm just doing it that way. Well, you know what? Even you can be blessed. Even you receive the blessing of the Lord. Even you can receive the grace of God. No one is is beyond the blessing of God, the grace of God. And I think that God does this to kind of let us know. Let's finish this up. Favored by the Father, verse 21. Then Israel said to Joseph, behold, I'm dying, but God will be with you and bring you back to the land of your fathers. Moreover, I have given to you one portion above your brothers, which I took from the hand of the Amorite with my sword and bow. We're favored by the Father. Jacob tells Joseph, I'm going to die, but God will be with you. God is with you. He is showering his favor upon you. Jacob is speaking from experience. He's already talked about how God was with him, right? He's already talked about how God was with him. God fed him all the days of his life. The angel saved him and brought him out of evil and all this stuff. And Jacob is saying, Look, I'm going to die. I'm, I'm going to be, you know, it's, it's just going to be you. Guys, you know, we all, we're all young, right, in our heads. We're all like, you know, 20. We're all 20. It's like, no, you're not. You're 50. You're 60. You're 70. Some of you are 70. You know? But, but in our minds, we're 20. But you know what? You, it, it's, it's, you're going to come to that point where it's like, you know what? Unless the Lord comes back in the next little bit, you know, I'm going to be out of here, son. I'm, I, you're you're going to be, it's going to be you. And I want to tell you that the Lord's going to be with you. The Lord was with me, and the Lord is going to be with you. Now, Joseph, of all the brothers, would have been able to tell his father, (laughs) right? Of Of all the brothers, Joseph would be able to tell, I know, Dad, God was with me. I was sold into slavery. I was at Potiphar's house. I was framed for something I didn't do. I spent years in a in a dungeon, in a prison. Until all this happened, guess what? God was with me. Right. But you know what? Nonetheless, Jacob is still here, and he's bringing this testimony to his sons. Right. And, and we need to be, you know, I guess what it speaks of is delivering, you know, a legacy of your family. And I don't know how you think of your family. When, when you say your last name, and you think about your heritage, what do you, does like greatness come down, you know? Is it like, yes. I see that name and it's just, yeah. I want it on a poster. I want it on a hat. You know? That should be a brand, brand name of something, right? Nestor. It stands for greatness. It stands for people who love the Lord. It stands for people who are people of the word. What what does it stand for? What does your name stand for? You might be sitting here tonight and you say, well, you know what? I don't know what it stood for. Back back when I was growing up, it was all over the place. My parents, you know, they didn't serve the Lord. Pastor Charles, I'm I'm here tonight, not because of my parents, but in spite of what they did. That the Lord was good to me. Now I'm here to tell you tonight that regardless of what you think of when you think of your name, I want you to know a couple things. First, Jacob says, Let my name be upon them. In this passage that we read, right? Let my name be upon them. He says, My name is going to be something that is about the covenant. And of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord, people who trust the Lord, people who acknowledge the presence of the Lord in our lives, people who acknowledge that it's the Lord Jesus who's brought us out of evil. It's, it's, it, we're a people who understand what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Not in an arrogant way, not in a haughty way, not in a prideful way, but, a, but, a, but in a way that says this is who we are and this is what we're about. And, 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 and this is what our name stands for. You know, if you get out in the business world, right, you know, people who create companies after their own name, they want that name to to stand for something, and when people think of that name, this, this is the best, right? This is the best you can get. What's the best diamond you can get? Anybody know? I don't know. Cartier? Tiffany? I don't know. I don't know. I think I read some about like all diamonds are basically worthless. Did you see any of you seen this? You know? Yeah. There's so many of them, the earth's packed with them. They're just so deep down in there, you, we can't, we will never get to them all. But, anyways, I didn't want to burst your bubble on that. You still have a nice ring, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but let your name, let your name, realize that you've. You've taken upon the name of the Lord, that the Lord has placed his name upon you. Did you know that was, that's what the third, I'm going to wrap this up. Did you know that that's what the third commandment is actually about? Did you know the third commandment is not about like, oh, you just said the name of the Lord in a wrong way and you, t- you spoke the name of the Lord in vain? That's not what that's talking about. It's about taking the name of the Lord upon yourself in a way that is not correct and rightfully bearing the name of the Lord. That's what that's about. It's, it's about ambassadorship. It's not about linguistics. Mm-hmm. And down through the years, somewhere it became about linguistics, and that certainly we need to have wholesome language and all that stuff and, and not, not be using profanities and all that, okay? But what it's about is Taking the Lord's name in vain and you have received the name of the Lord has been placed upon you and it's a great name. It's a great name. And Christian, you can decide that your family name is a name that is in allegiance with the name of the Lord because we have received the name of the Lord upon us. We have taken the name, not in vain, but with the blessing of God and in right relationship with him.